Hello and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this evening. With me today, as usual, is my lovely wife, wrapped in a llama blanket, Haley. I'm in a cocoon. I am a caterpillar. One day I'll emerge after metamorphosis into a beautiful butterfly who is warm. Delton. Basically, <laughs> basically, it's cold in our house again because I haven't turned the heater on still. Wait, why is it cold in our house again? Because the heater's not on. It's a communist. The heater's not on. It's been really nice weather recently. This weekend was like 70 degrees on Saturday, so we haven't really needed it yet. Tonight might be That's one of the first nights. That's a lie nights. and a half. That is a lie and a half. I talked about this last podcast. We need our heater. Ugh. God dang it. It was fine. We'll get it turned on at some point when it actually feels cold enough. You're just going to have to be prepared for me to be complaining about it for the next three to six weeks. <laughs> I think all of these listeners know that you've been complaining because it was last episode and it's this episode already. It's probably going to be next episode, too, because Delton doesn't know how to light the furnace and I don't either, which is a problem, which is why it's not warm, because I don't know how to light it. I know how to light it. I just don't, which is funny because you don't know <laughs> how to light it. Uh, I get I'm enjoyment. Look, I'm going to look up some YouTube videos and end up burning down our house. It's going to be your fault. I get enjoyment from this, as you can tell. Welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is episode 26. Now, normally, with a podcast that comes out every two weeks, the 26th episode would be the marking of an entire year. That's not the case for us because we released our first four episodes all at once on January 1st. That means, and yes, we double checked this, our 30th episode will be the very last episode of the year on December 30th. So that's super exciting that we're getting that close. I can't believe it's already like almost a year of doing this. I know. I'm really proud of you. So we'll have to have an episode where we just look back on all the things you've done awesome and all the words you've added to your definition book. We need to make a list of that. I need a real definition book for this, but alas, there's not one. Oh, we can make one. We, we really can. can. Make one. I'll make you go listen to all the episodes and find them. How's that? I just have to live with you for the last five years. <laughs> it's true. I say dumb stuff literally constantly. Archipelago. Archipelago. We've heard about that story, I'm sure. This is the episode coming out after Halloween. Now, we did not talk about Halloween on episode 25. Spoopy. But it was spoopy time. We had a big party on Saturday. So it was the Saturday before Halloween, which was an awesome time with a lot of awesome friends and some great costumes. We have great friends who actually dress up. I've been to a couple of adult Halloween parties and the adults like wear sweaters and drink wine and just like talk about their week and their work and go to bed at like 1030. But nah, man. We all just drank wine like classy bras, but we did it in full costume. We stayed up till one in the morning. It was like 2.30. I started making the waffle batter at one to put in the fridge overnight. I had to let it rise for an hour. So it was after two o'clock when we finally went to bed. At one point, a hammock even came out. At one point, there was a hammock in the living room. And a Uh, drunk girl inside that was not me. Yes. The hammock is not tied to just anything. My brother, bless him, he came. (laughs) I'm saying that because I hate him. He came and put giant eye bolts into the supporting door frame. It's a support wall in our house. Let me tell the story. Into this door frame, and it now holds Haley's hammock when she wants to hang out and chill. But what happened was on my birthday, Kelton rings the doorbell and I answer it, and he says nothing and comes in, pulls a drill out of his back pocket, and starts drilling a hole in my wall. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And then he says nothing and starts drilling a hole in the other wall. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Then from his other back pocket, he pulls out a hammock, hangs it up, and lays down. I'm like, this is the best birthday ever. And then... 
if this and, wasn't a true story. And then the next day, Delton's beer was kegged. And so he, being the sweet boy that he is, rolled his keg next to my hammock. And I laid in that hammock, reading Sherlock Holmes books and drinking beer from the keg that sat right next to me, a homemade Delton brew. And it was phenomenal. These eye bolts that are in this doorframe hold 500 pounds a piece. No, sorry, 250 pounds a piece. I think it's 500 total. Maybe it's 500 a piece. I don't remember, but it's super stout and it looks ridiculous. Luckily, they're not gigantic, gigantic, but they're big enough that if you pulled them out, there is a noticeable That's hole. That's what she said. Thank you. It's, it's ridiculous, but Haley has a hammock. That came out during our Halloween party. That's what she said. I hate you so much. What are some of the good costumes we saw? So I'm going to start us off because I remember <laughs> my, my favorites off the top of our head. Allison came as... I'm blanking on her name. Angela Angela from The Office, because Allison does the best Angela faces. Oh, my God. It's perfect. It's literally perfect and fantastic. Shout out to Allison as a Patreon backer. If you want to be like Allison and get a shout out, just uh, hit us up on Patreon. Allison, 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 son of Al's, my friend. Okay, that was weird. Allison's thing was awesome. We had our friends Ryan and Madeline came as... I'm forgetting everybody's name. Kevin, Kevin and the pot chili of beans. pot. Pot of chili. Get out of here with your beans. Fight me. And it was an awesome costume as well. We had Chris and McKenzie that were Burt Macklin and Janet Snakehole from Parks and Recreation. And then we had a Buffy and a vampire. We had a Ray from Star Wars. What else did we have that was really good? We had Flo who won the costume contest. Yes, Flo won the costume contest. Zach did really well with that. And then my favorite of the evening, even though it didn't stay long, was Mac and Cass, who we've talked about before, came as Dolores and Teddy from Westworld. And it was phenomenal. Super good costume. I know they're going to listen to this. So you guys rocked it. And Cass made a good cake. Cass made a really good cake. It was awesome with these weird eyeball coconut things. And it was really, it was like a cauldron of bubbling, but it was the icing. And I don't know. It was really good. You forgot about our costume. Our costume was lame. Fight me. I am viral video star now, man. I've been retweeted in Russian, whatever that means. But I've had like 10,000 views in two days on my Halloween costume video. That's true. Haley went as Hunter S. Thompson from... I was going to let you say it. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, I thought you were blanking again. I was about <laughs> I, to be real I disappointed. I blanked for a second, but I was going to let you say it. I make Delton watch that almost every Valentine's Day. It's either that or The Rum Diary. And no matter which one it is, I'm probably going to fall asleep. That's okay. I get dinner out of it. But yeah, we had an awesome Halloween party. So that was this weekend. Had some fire going outside. It was really nice. So we just opened the door to the house. We keep the cats locked up in our bedroom. That way they can't roam free and outside because we don't let them out. But that was a really good time. We started our holiday mead. So we are making mead as one of the presents for our family for the holidays because making something is cheaper than buying something. You, you got what I mead. And so it's actually in the room with us right now because this room stays cooler than the rest of the house. Just like Ghosts and Hill House, our meat is in the room with us. We have binge-watched The Haunting of Hill House, which is a fantastic series. Spooky, but fantastic. Delton has the ability to develop anxiety. Yes, it has gotten to me now, and I freak myself out periodically in the shower and walking in the bathroom <laughs> at work and uh, looking in mirrors awkwardly from a side angle. You'd make fun of me because I'll read, like, a murder mystery book, and when if I get really into it, I'll have a... I dream about it or a nightmare about it. He's like, huh, that's a book. And then guess what happens? <laughs> well, not only did I watch that show, but I've been reading our no sleep on Reddit. A bunch of spooky stories people write. Spoopy. And it's, uh, it's too many 
Too many scary themed things for me in my little childish heart. (laughs) Too many spoopies. Haunting of Hill House, though. Very, very good. We thought so, at least. First half is super, super spooky, but the whole thing is good and creepy. So we really liked that. That was a lot of fun. What else have we done recently? That, we started the mead. Going to our first black tie affair tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we're going to a black tie event. Not really looking forward to it. It's adult prom. Haley keeps calling it adult prom. Because there's booze and we get to wear fancy dresses. There you go. So that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow before this episode releases, I guess the day before. After this episode, Haley goes to Canada. Four days. Montreal. Me, my sister, my friend. Drinking cat cafes, museums, hood rat stuff. That's her Canada trip. That one, uh, we'll actually record episode 27 before she goes to Canada because she leaves for Canada. Then the day she gets back, we have one day where she goes to work. We have a normal day. And then the next day I go to BGGCon in Dallas. So I will talk about BGGCon on episode 28. 27 uh, won't have anything about Canada. So it's all kind of going to be in one episode. So next episode is going to be a normal one. But after that is BGGCon slash Canada trip. Uh, Should be a good time. Good time. Super excited for BGGCon. First time down there gonna be fun i thought about looking she said thank you i thought about looking at train rides and taking the train down instead of driving so i don't have to deal with it but it's just extra money and i don't want to spend that so i'll probably drive but i don't look forward to the four-hour drive but that's okay since this is the post halloween episode and we had halloween this week we thought it would be a good idea to talk about spooky board games and which ones we like oh here's the door It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. And now, the beer. So today, we are drinking Bomb by Prairie Artisan Ales. They are a local company, and they most people just call this the Prairie Bomb. And it is one of our favorite beers. It is a sipper. Oh boy, it's a sipper. It is a 13% alcohol beer. It is a imperial stout aged on coffee, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. The coffee is from Spaceship Earth Coffee Co., and it is actually brewed by Krebs Brewing Company in Krebs, Oklahoma. It's distributed by Shelton Brothers. Bum, 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 Bonus points if you know where that's from. I have no idea. Then you don't get any bonus points. Then do you even get beer? I said bitch! I said bitch! So this beer, we always call a sipper. And it has to be because it is so stout. You could not chug this beer. You could not drink this beer quickly. I mean, you could, but it would be non-enjoyable. It would be non-enjoyable. It would not be enjoyable. And it would be a waste of such a good beer. It would be enjoyable not. Thank you. Add that to your definition book. I think, what was that? Kind of a clank. Hold on. We gotta move, we gotta move our hands off of the whatever the top part of this glass is. The dink. One of these is not crystal. <laughs> I don't know if it's mine or yours. Well, we got yours at a garage sale for a quarter, so... Yep, I'm gonna vote this one then. I think yours might actually be glass. Mine feels like glass, too. I don't know what you're doing. She's touching it against her tooth like a weirdie. That's how you tell if something is antique. So, whenever I was in the gifted and talented class, we called it enrichment, our teacher would take us garage sailing and uh, antiquing. For some reason, that was supposed to make us more gifted and talented. 
But that's how I learned a lot of my little garage sale tricks to find out what is fancy and what isn't. And if we ever found a teddy bear, we were to take it and knock the eyeballs against our teeth. If it was a glass eyeball, so it made that little glass ting-ting sound on your teeth, then that teddy bear is worth a lot of money. They haven't really made teddy bears with glass eyes since about the 1920s or 30s. Uh, the original teddy bears were all glass eyes as well, like the Theodore Roosevelt ones. That's cool. So yeah, that's why I know how to buy those stupid little Hummel cats in that random Polish cat zoo poster. Because somebody in school decided that was a art to know for life. And I know it. And that's also how I knew that the little uh, Made in Japan button on my umbrella actually meant that the, or Made in Occupy Japan, meant that the umbrella was made in Japan during like 46, 47. That's cool, though. It's still neat. We have some cool old stuff that we pro- probably should just sell for money, but... Useless knowledge! Mm-hmm. But that's why I cleaned the glass against my teeth. She's a weirdie. It's okay. Because eight-year-old Haley was a gifted and talented. <laughs> <laughs> it works for that. So today, now that we have a prairie bomb in our glasses, we're not going to do, oh, that look from Haley's face after that drink. Did you get too much? Yep. Or are you not a fan? I like it. I'm just Popeye now. She's Popeye now. She's got one eye and her forearms are swollen. <laughs> <laughs> so with the beer poured, being that it's after Halloween, instead of talking about one game, we decided to just make this about Halloween games. So spooky games, scary games. By the time this comes out, Halloween's only last Wednesday. It's going to be Sunday. So some people might still be having Halloween parties coming up. It's not like the Halloween celebrations really end immediately on Halloween. That's because, scientifically speaking, while most people believe that Christmas begins November 1st, Halloween actually doesn't end until November 30th. It's science. I don't know. But some of you may still have Halloween parties going on. Some of you may want to extend that. I know that we still watch scary movies and shows a little while after Halloween as it gets closer to Thanksgiving. So we thought about talking about games we like that are spooky that could be considered for Halloween game nights and things like that. Spoopy games. So what's what's your favorite spoopy game? I really like Mysterium. It gives that eerie feeling that you would expect to feel during Halloween. There's like this implicit memory you have whenever October rolls around. There's like feeling in your body that's kind of warm but eerie at the same time that's present throughout the Halloween season. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. I think it's just fall. Well, yeah, but you don't, like when someone says, what is your, what do you feel like whenever fall rolls around? There's like that warm, but also eerie, spoopy feeling that you get that kind of makes you excited and giddy and nervous at the same time. And I feel like whenever I play Mysterium, it kind of invokes that feeling because you are playing psychics in this haunted mansion and all of the pieces in the game kind of give off that eerie feeling. You have to decipher things and you're also working to Free a ghost from eternal doom and damnation in that spoopy haunted mansion, whatever it is. And so I think Mysterium is a great spoopy game for Halloween that really makes you feel just a little bit eerie. Not necessarily scared, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we've talked about Mysterium on the podcast before. Um, If you're interested and you don't know what it is and you haven't listened to that episode, feel free to go back. Um, I don't remember which episode number it is, but Mysterium is a very good game. It's a cooperative game where one person plays as a ghost, giving signals to the psychics around the table in the form of very artistic, but also like surrealistic kind of artwork cards. And they have to determine who killed them, where they were killed, what the weapon was. And it's a really fun game. And 
it's just got a really cool theme to it, and it really fits with that Halloween spookiness. I think one of the ones that I really like for Halloween spookiness has been, even though it's not as it's not as spooky just for being what it is, but the uh, Arkham Horror LCG. We haven't played a ton of it, and I want to play more of it. But anything that's in the Lovecraftian world obviously has that element of spooky to it. Hell, all of Rhode Island had that spookiness to it. It really did. All of, at least Providence, where we were, right? And the Arkham Horror LCG is a really good card game. You get to build your deck of your person, and then you play out these scenarios. There's a story that you're playing through, and you can either fail or succeed. And it's story-driven. You can replay them if you want to. That's fine. But it's really neat. It's not as open as some people would like in terms of, like, uh, you know, having multiple endings to it. Like, you want four or five different endings depending on different things. I don't believe it does that, at least not early, early on. But it's very fun, and it's kind of spooky, and it's something I feel like you could play around Halloween time with uh, one or two other people and have a good time. Get you in that spooky mood. A little bit so. I think any Lovecraft game like Arkham Horror or Mansions of Madness would be a really good one to play with several people. Those are uh, Arkham Horror. It's a little clunky now because it's an older design, but it's still very fun, I think. And it's a uh, it's another cooperative game trying to save the city from Cthulhu-esque creatures and things like that. And then Mansions of Madness is another Lovecraftian game, but you're in a mansion or a couple other locations on the grounds trying to solve the mystery playing through the story. One person controls the bad people, unless you have second edition, which means an app controls the bad people. But it's really fun. We enjoy that one. I also think something like Whitechapel or Mr. Jack could be considered a spoopy game. Because you are going after Jack the Ripper, and just the idea of murder, <laughs> it sounds bad, but just like the idea of murder and hunting spoopy. down the killer, it's that eerie, spoopy, scary feeling that you get because you get so close to finding that killer, and then whoosh, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. I agree with that. I think those are good ones, too, that you could pull out on, on a Halloween game night. Well, what's some other Halloween-y games? Probably Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories is a very good one. Um, it's another cooperative game. Everyone's working together as Taoist monks fighting off ghosts invading the town. You could always do Bitten for a hidden role kind of game because it's vampires, werewolves, and zombies. Zombies. So that's very, uh, you know, Halloween spooky themed as well. Plus it's all in black and white and it's all like real life pictures in the game. And so that really gives you that eerie, off-putting feeling like, yeah, because it's very it's monochromatic. So he takes the black and white pictures and makes them more monochromatic in the whenever he edits them. And so it gives it that really gritty, spoopy feeling because these are real places. This is real danger and darkness. And there's different layers of zombies and werewolves about like it kind of has that cool feel to it that would fit perfectly in a Halloween game night. Right. We got all kinds of games you could play on Halloween. I mean, obviously any game would do, but I'm trying to just think of some fun, spooky games that we enjoy playing that you would enjoy playing potentially. You know what's one to be really scary for you? What? Cat lady, because it's your future. Thank you. You mean when I'm dead and you let your cats eat me alive, then you just have 80 cats? But it, I'm it the food you're using to feed the kitties. It can't eat you alive whenever you're dead. They ate me when I was alive and they killed me and then I was dead. Well, there's a difference. No. <laughs> one of them that's another favorite game of ours. It's surprising how many cooperative games we like. Dead of Winter is one we really enjoy. You know, it's a zombie game. But it's not a zombie game that's like, oh, they're zombies, let's kill them, like Zombie Side, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Dead of Winter is very based on, if you want to play with it, you can, 
there is a trader mechanic, so you can play with a trader in the game, make it semi-cooperative, but it's a very good game with zombies and everybody working together and trying to survive the night, and it's wintry, and it's just a really good game. We've had a lot of fun with it, so that's one you can play on Halloween. It's really anything I feel that gives me that secretiveness, like in Mr. Jack, you're having to figure out who Jack the Ripper is, or for example, Mysterium, who the killer is. Like anything that gives that kind of eerie mystery they're having to figure out, like you know they're there, and you know that one of the players, like for example in Dead of Winter, one is a traitor. Well, who is it? It gives that eeriness, like should I trust him, should I not? It increases your anxiety just a little bit to make it interesting and engaging and spoopy. I agree with that. I think that helps out. So those are some games that we think you could play, at least games that I should say that we own, that you could play on a spooky Halloween gaming night. And yes, I know, like I said, it's after Halloween. That doesn't mean you have to stop the festivities of the Halloween spookiness. Halloween doesn't end till November 30th. I refuse to have my birthday during the Christmas season. Technically, your birthday is in the Thanksgiving season. As long as it's not the Christmas season. (laughs) So it works. But there's some good choices for spooky games you can play. We just thought it'd be fun to mention a couple of them, have a little fun with Halloween stuff this episode. Uh, Rather than just telling you about another game and trying to figure out which spooky game to talk about, we just figured we'd tell you a bunch of them that we like, uh, that we have, that would be easy to get into and bring some friends along and play. And I think talking about these spooky games and Halloween and everything leads us perfectly into our topic. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. And what is our spoopy topic, Spoopy Delton? So I wanted to do a topic that is, I feel like, discussed every Halloween around board games and spooky themes, which is, can a board game actually be scary? Let me narrate a horror story. Go for it. In board gaming. Delton, next week, Saturday night, the house is dark. There's a cold chill because freaking heater's not on still. (laughs) Delton's alone with nothing but his pants and the cats and a Hershey. Suddenly, Delton hears a from the game room. He says, I know what that sound. It's the mead. So he walks back to check it. goes bare feet on the tile floor. <laughs> Move out of the way, Steve, Delton says. <laughs> Delton says as he opens up the board game room door. <laughs> as he gently nudges Steve away a little more roughly than he would have if Haley were present. He opens the door and closes it swiftly behind him, letting in only enough room for his feet and the little Hershey. Delton goes over to the mead, opens up the lid, checks it. It smells like mead, smells like alcohol, smells like booze. Everything is fine and dandy until Delton turns around, looks at his three board game shelves, and gasps in horror. All of the board game boxes' lids are upside down. (laughs) I, I would be busy all night fixing that. That would be the most frustrating thing. 
It's like uh, a worst case scenario for you. How's that for a spoopy story? Here's the best deal. Next Saturday night, I'm going to be at Edmund Unplugged for the Keyforge pre-release. So Not at midnight. Not at midnight. <laughs> you never know. You never know. God, that's funny. How'd you like my story? That'd be terrifying. Yeah, I know. That would be absolutely terrifying. I wrote it that way. All my boxes upside down and lids flip. Now, the box upside down would be one thing, but then if the box was upside down and the lid was like sideways as well and it was just all messed up. And one piece from each box has been removed and buried in the backyard. It would be more terrifying if one piece from each box was in a different box. No. One piece from 10 different games has been removed and planted in mysterious places in the backyard, and you have to confess all of your sins and like go through this horrible tragedy. It's like Panic at the Disco in order to discover what? where all of your pieces are Panic throughout the, the yard. Because I said you have to discover your sins and go through all these tragedies. And what? I write sins, not tragedies. Is that a song? Yeah. Oh, okay. I they, think... they're, I don't like them. They're bad. So... But yeah, that's your that's your spooky story. <laughs> this is the worst topic time. I apologize for you having to listen to Haley's ramblings. So in our board games, uh, I guess I, I, I want to use the term objectively, and I probably shouldn't. Our board games scary. Can they be scary? A lot of people debate this. They go back and forth all the time. I am going to say on a whole, no, board games aren't scary. You don't sit down to play Mysterium and actually get spooked out about psychics and ghosts and things like that. But I think there are games that can f- definitely shift that, which we'll talk about after we get Haley's opinion on the matter. I don't know, man. The first time we went to a board game cafe and you laid out Dominant Species as a game we were going to play, I was a little bit scary. <laughs> Thank you. No, for real, though. Do you think playing a board game can actually invoke that creepy feeling you get from watching like a scary movie? Or well, reading a scary story. It depends. It depends really on your belief system. So I get a really eerie feeling every time I play Mysterium. Because growing up, my mom was obsessed with psychics. And psychics were considered real in our house. And there was always like that eerie, truthful feeling whenever talking about psychics. Mom visiting a psychic and watching psychics on the television. And so that kind of, it gives me that eerie feeling. Because even though I know it's not real, part of me is like, ah, oh, dude, nah, it's real. Nah, nah, it's real. But at the same time, something like a Ouija board, I mean, if you can consider that a board game, that can induce real fear. I guess that's true, yeah, depending on who's messing with you at the time. But I don't think that's really... The ghost of your dead racist grandfather. Yes, but I don't think that that's actually a board game. Well, it's a board. And the ghosts play games with your mind. (laughs) Thank you. But what about playing something like, you know, Arkham Horror or Mysterium or Ghost Stories or Dead of Winter? Can those ever, or is that just the wrong style? Well, I'm kind of a pansy. Yeah. And so, like, the first round of Arkham Horror, the, the LCG, whenever it has the cultists, the ones in, like, the goat mask and the sheets and whatnot, those are kind of eerie to me. And it's like the stuff of nightmares. And so, it's not like I unflip the card and I'm like, ah, spoopy. But at the same time, you look at that and it's a little jarring. It's a little I bit... I can see that. Just anxiety-provoking or... Yes, it's a little spoopy. That makes sense. I could see that for some people. Definitely. But it's also how much you get into the game, too. Are you sitting down to play the game for the mechanics, or are you really getting invested in the theme? Because whenever there's a theme, then I am totally going to take on that theme and get invested into it. And by God, that is my farm, and it's going to be a vegan farm, and I'm going to win Agricola. 
So I think that leads us perfectly into the games I wanted to talk about that I think can actually uh, invoke that creepy feeling and really have everyone participating in it that could give people the chills or make it very eerie and make it a little more scary than what I, what I think the average board game is. So one of those is any game that's in the role-playing game system that can be a horror role-playing game. One of the biggest ones, and I know a lot of people hate the Lovecraft stuff, but the Call of Cthulhu RPG. This is a very loved RPG system where people can go crazy in it and see creepy things and there's all kinds of weird stuff happening, but it's based around this horror theme. And that's one of those games that if you had the lights kind of low in the room and you set up the right soundtrack maybe or had a soundboard going on, you could really make that into a terrifying game that actually gives people the chills if they're having to act these parts out and they're having to, you know, run through haunted houses and this and that, and then somehow you can build in a way to scare, like physically do a jump scare at some of your players or something. You could really make that into a spooky, spooky experience. And it could be the same with like the Dresden Files or the Supernatural RPG or any of those RPGs that are built around more of a horror theme. Or the Game of Life. Thank you. Really, can you imagine having a car full of six kids and no cats? Thank you. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> you just role play, but all you do is role play a life that you don't want. It's like if you want to be a stay at home mom and you have three kids and that's what you want to do, then you have to role play being a like executive that never had children. And it's like you have to role play the exact thing you never want to become. <laughs> that could be horrifying in a completely different way. But I guess that could be some people's Halloween thing. I feel like I need to make another appointment with my therapist. It could be like a bodybuilder who never wanted to be weak, and then he has to role play like he's somebody who can't build muscle in the same way as normal people. Like, I don't know. You could do some weird stuff there. It just works on people's own odd, I don't want to say fears. Worst fears. Well. Apprehensions. Maybe apprehensions or anti-life goals. It's like. I never, I, I always wanted to graduate from high school and they don't. And that's what they have to role play. It's like they're in high school when they don't get to graduate. And that's like it. And that's scary for people. Staying in high school forever. Yeah, that's that a good one. That would be pretty scary. That would be terrifying. So role playing games built around the horror theme like that, I think could be very good. Um, I really want to play Call of Cthulhu. I have the little one shot book and the quick start. So I can give those a try on my own and with Haley. And then one of these days I want to get the full book and actually do a one shot. Another game that you can get on thegamecrafter.com. And I don't remember if it's a print-and-play or if you can just, just order it. I'm not sure, but it's called This House is Haunted. Now, I've heard from multiple sources that this game is kind of broken, like the mechanics aren't the greatest, and there are certain things that are wrong with it over re repeat plays. However, it's supposed to give one of the best Halloween experiences around. Essentially, you, you turn all the lights off in your house, you open up all the windows, and you use the light from the screen of your phone or a flashlight, whatever. Uh, you use some sort of handheld light. People, I don't know exactly how it works, but some people take like a card. It tells them to do something, right? You have to have a big enough house where there's several, several rooms. Like, I don't know, probably five, six, seven rooms. Like Hill House. Thank you. A lot of rooms. And what like it is not is, our house. Definitely not our house. What it is, is that person goes into one of the other bedrooms, you know, the lights are off, all the windows are open, and let's say their card tells them to sit in the corner and rock back and forth chanting. Well, some of the other players now, they have the task of going and, I guess, like, breaking the curse or something to people in the room. 
So they go to that room, and if somebody's rocking back and forth in the corner of a pitch black room at night with the window open chanting, you have to figure out how to break that curse. And they have instructions of what they can and can't do. And so you could get stuck in the room doing the same thing as them, waiting for someone to come rescue both of you, or you could figure it out, break the curse, and bring them back to the group. And it's supposed to be super creepy, but such a fun experience, especially with a new group of people who haven't seen anything before and stuff like that. So that's something I really want to play. It's just that our house only has three bedrooms, and that is not enough. Three bedrooms, a bathroom, a garage. It's just not, it's not enough rooms for this. And two cats going, meh, eh, 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 eh. I mean, that's kind of terrifying. Scary cats. They're not spoopy cats, though. Have you seen Steve? He's not spoopy. That's true. He's just fat. He's just dopey. He is very dopey. But I think those RPGs and This House is Haunted seem to be the best two that I've known of so far that seem to be the most capable of actually scaring somebody. And Ouija boards. And I guess Ouija boards that can bring that fear out of it versus a standard board game with a board on the table, if that makes any sense. I think so. I think that that's the way to go if you want to scare everybody. Yeah. And I think talking about scaring people leads us to the question of the episode. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite-sized question. So for the question today, it is, if you were a ghost and you had to haunt a location, what or where would that location be and what style of haunting would you do? Haley, I'll let you start because I think yours is good. So. I would definitely haunt Tide Light because you, as a ghost, are always supposed to haunt somewhere you have unfinished business. And frankly, I can never have enough pad thai. Therefore, I will never be finished having pad thai. Therefore, I have to haunt my favorite place with pad thai as a ghost. I just imagine the chef gets done cooking. He puts the plate on the little serve window. He, ding, hits the bell. The waitress comes around the corner and all the pad thai is gone and the bowl's empty. And then all of a sudden, a plate of pad thai hits the wall, and they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? And they pick up the ticket, which is crumbled and on the floor, and it reads, no egg. <laughs> really? <laughs> you have to force them to make it vegan, even as a ghost? <laughs> even as a ghost. They're like, I'm already dead, but no, I'm not putting up with this. Plus, ghost calories don't count, man, so I gotta make it worth it. That's true. That's very true. Uh, that's a good one. Now, where would you haunt, Delton, and why? I would haunt a board game store. None in particular. I know, that's a funny look, but here's why. Here's why. Because people are going to come in. They're going to be looking for games. This is a terrifying story. <laughs> Listen, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? No. It's a cold November night. No, October. It's a cold October. <laughs> cold October night. There you go, some air. Somebody walks into the board game store with nothing in mind to buy. <laughs> <laughs> they go up and down every aisle, back and forth looking at every game that catches their attention. They look up the ratings on BoardGameGeek. They put their phone away. They pick up the next game. They look up its ratings. And they repeat this process over and over again for hours, getting closer to the board game store closing before they can make their purchase because of their indecisiveness. (laughs) Then as they look at a game and say, you know, I think it's between this game, this other game, and a third game. And then I come down from the ceiling, and I I pick which one of those three games I think is the best one, and I just push it until it falls onto the floor. Not denting it, though. I'm careful. I push it down, and you just hear it, and they look, and that's the game they purchase. So I'm a helpful ghost. 
that's my story. Are you telling me <laughs> that you're already haunting stores? Yes, because I do help people when they're looking for games and they have, they're like, I don't know which one to get. And then I, I chime in. You're definitely pale enough. I am pale enough. And but you do spend long enough time in those board game stores and you're making a decision. You have to admit, that'd be some funny shit, though. If somebody's that in a store like, fantastic. you know, I don't know. I don't know if I should get Ticket to Ride or Ticket to Ride Europe. And then I push one of them off the shelf. Ticket to Ride Taxi. I don't know. Yeah, the taxi one. I don't know where it just hits the ground and they're like, well, I guess that's the one. Or it freaks them out and they pick the one that's not on the ground. I guess I have to figure that out. I have to analyze the person to see. Are they going to listen to the pushing, or are they going to listen to what's not pushed off the shelf? Oh, Wait, man. You got a That's while. a whole metagame. Well, you're going to be dead, and there's not going to be a lot of <laughs> I'm just gonna analyze. other things to do. I'm just going to be circling around them, like learning everything. <laughs> you're ghost noises. I'm a good ghost. You said, wah, 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 wah. what was the uh, other I, one? <laughs> when you descend from the ceiling? I think that just about <laughs> does it for this episode. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to episode 26 of the Malthouse Games podcast. Same age as me. Same age as Haley. Please follow us all, and by all I mean me and Haley in the podcast, on social media. Woo! At Malthouse Games, anywhere you can find us. I am at Delton Brack. Haley is at Squirrely Geek. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. If you have a question you want us to answer, a game you want us to try to talk about, or a topic that you think would be really good, then you can email us, contact at malthousegames.com. That's all we have for episode 26. I think that wraps it up nicely. We'll see you guys in episode 27. So until then, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, Spoopy. See ya. See ya.